2: With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's
4: go! This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSN. Hey everybody, welcome in our Wednesday edition of The Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM live from Downtown Las Vegas at our Circus Sportsbook Studios. I'm Ben Wilson in for Patrick Maher, Michael Lombardi. He's uh, feeling a little under the weather. So in his stead, we have a regular here on the Lombardi line. It's Josh Applebaum, <laughs> joins us from Boston, host of Visa Morning Daily Bets and the Market Insights podcast. Uh, so, Josh, even though we're so sad not to have Michael today, it's not, you know, it's not a bad consolation prize. We get, uh, get to hang out and talk football <laughs> with you for the next two hours. Great to see you back. I know we, we talked to you yesterday, but uh, nice to have you here on the show. Well, thank you so much, Ben. It's
5: great to be with you. Is this betting across America? Is this Lombardi line? This is a throwback here on Thanksgiving Eve. So I'm pretty excited here, Ben. We have some great guests today. I'm just excited to go through all these games. Obviously, we have all the uh, Thanksgiving Day games for tomorrow, but a lot of line moves going uh, right now, especially talk about the Jets game here in a second for these Sunday games. Ben, I know we got a lot to get to today. Let me just throw this at the audience real quick because Thanksgiving, obviously big topic when you get to these NFL games. I have some data for you when you look at Thanksgiving Day games since 2005. Now, as a contrarian better, you know I like dogs, Ben. Ben, uh, the, these dogs have had a really good year, 57% against the spread. But Thanksgiving is kind of a chalky type day. If you look at... Since Since 2005, favorites on Thanksgiving are 33-16 against the spread. That's a 67% cover rate. If you look at favorites on the road, they're even better. 18-5 and against the spread, 78%. Home favorites are 58% ATS. The angle that we'll get to in a second, I really am honing in on this Dallas Cowboys game because it looks like a fade-the-trendy dog play. I'm looking to actually lay the points of the Cowboys. But if you are a favorite of seven points or more on Turkey Day... You're 17-4 against the spread, 81% since 2005. So some really interesting angles here as a contrarian better. To me, this is the one holiday weird one-off type situation mm-hmm. where you have seen historically these chalk favorites do very well. In terms of totals, Ben, it's pretty much a wash. It's 25-24 and 24 to the under, but that's notable to me going into these games when you're
4: capping these Thanksgiving Day games. You have seen favorites cover at a pretty high rate. Interesting that you bring up 2005 is that demarcation line because I remember as a kid, <laughs> First time that I learned about sports betting and was here in Las Vegas visiting family for Thanksgiving <laughs> 2003. My dad had a wager on the Packers minus three and a half against the, Detroit, the sorry Detroit Lions. <laughs> and the Lions actually won that game outright. One of the few times it seems like over the years the Lions have actually won a game as a big dog on Thanksgiving. And I remember learning about the spreads that day. My dad lost money, but we still had Thanksgiving in Vegas. It was great. Uh, and, and apparently that was the, the one of the final years of that tread uh, following true before the shock started to hit there. Uh, so we'll get into the Thanksgiving Day games a little bit later. Those have been hit probably the most, though. Uh, throughout the early part of the week. There's a bunch of intriguing spots, though, as we get into Sunday on the Week 12 card. Probably most notably, Josh, as you look toward the Meadowlands and MetLife Stadium where Zach Wilson is out, Mike White in for the New York Jets, and that is amidst the backdrop of a Chicago Bears team where status of quarterback Justin Fields remains uncertain as well day-to-day after a separated left shoulder, but his non-throwing shoulder. There's optimism that he'll be able to go this Sunday in New York, You look at where the market has gone here with the decision to bench Zach Wilson, go to Mike White. We're sitting right now, as I update the screen, Jets basically blanketed at four and a half. A couple books on the East Coast are holding out at five right now. 39 and a half or 40 is your total at this point. Uh, What do you make of the switch here, Uh, going Josh from Wilson now to Mike White? So I think just from a betting perspective, it looks like there's
5: not a big difference here. And I think if you're Zach Wilson, you might take this a little bit personally because Ben, you mentioned it was minus four and a half jets yesterday. Robert Salah coming after that Patriots game, people asked him, you know, are you going to change quarterbacks? He said, "No, we're going to stick with Wilson." Well, something's has changed here. I don't know if it's the Jets' locker room, but obviously, uh, Wilson does have a good record as a starter, five and two, but the body language is terrible. The post-game interviews—he's the kind of guy—and I was actually uh, reading up on him and listening to a podcast. He was not uh, voted a, a captain his senior year at BYU. This is guy number two overall pick. He wasn't voted a captain Post game interviews, Ben, even if you even if everyone else makes all the mistakes as the quarterback, you have to say it was all on me. It was all my fault. Take accountability. I thought Dan Orlovsky had a great quote. When you win, it's all we and us. When you lose, it's me and I and what I can do better. And that's the opposite of what Wilson has done. So I don't know if this is kind of a mutiny here in the locker room where they're just fed up with Zach Wilson. But from a betting perspective, not much has changed here. It was minus four and a half. Uh, As you mentioned yesterday with the Jets, it's still four and a half here. You did see at one point it opened a little bit lower around like three and a half, four. It got up to five even. So you're starting to see a little buyback here. Uh, basically looking toward the Chicago Bears. The public's on the Bears here, Ben. You're getting around 61% of bets, not overwhelming, but a slight majority on Chicago here. Chicago does match quite a few systems. If you look at dogs who did not cover the previous week, so you're getting points this week. Last last week, if people bet on you, you let them down. Buy low on those dogs who didn't cover the previous week. They're 37 and 24 against the spread, 61%. These sweet spot dogs that are plus three and a half or more. They're 61 and 34 ATS, 64%. So I do have some matches here on Chicago. Mm -hmm. This is kind of one of those games where you're glued to Twitter. And if we get some kind of confirmation that Justin Fields is in and Mike White, he'll be facing Mike White, it's hard not to take the points here, especially on a Bears team where Fields is really taking a big leap. Their offensive game has been producing quite a few points here. But, uh, Ben, one thing I don't want is I do not want Trevor Simeon and Mike White. Imagine the viewing experience there. I lean a little bit to the under. If you look at our bet splits, 59% bets, 89% money is on this under. This is one of those games where I'm leaning Bears, but I got to know based on Twitter and a Schefter tweet who's going to be starting at QB. I need fields if I'm going to bet the Bears plus the points.
4: The total is probably the more interesting of the two elements in in this game, Josh, when you consider the look-ahead line at least on on an overall total, 48 and you've seen this come crashing down, I mean, nearly 10 points. Now, for, for what it's worth, that was more of the, the look-ahead spot. It was adjusted coming into the opener with the knowledge that we, that we saw Justin Fields get banged up in Atlanta on Sunday, but that was you know, that was repriced. I mean, open, uh, at least most shops, when you go back to Monday morning, was still 44. So that's, a I mean, a five-point move pretty significantly, <laughs> Keep in mind for Mike White, who basically had his one shining moment last year against Cincinnati as a double-digit home dog, won the game outright, but otherwise was pretty unremarkable. Five touchdowns, eight interceptions in the four appearances. But you're getting a Bears defense that is 23rd against the run, 31st against the pass on an EPA per play basis. It's as good of a matchup as you could probably hope to have if you're a quarterback coming in for your first start. So I don't know how you you would view the the difference between Fields and Simeon from a total standpoint, but I, I mean clearly for Chicago. It's been a team that has been a, a great over team to look at, especially the last three weeks, cashing the over relatively comfortably. If Fields is able to give it a go, and even if he's less than 100 percent, you still have to think they're going to be using him primarily as a runner. I don't know how much that total would climb back up, but you're—I mean, that's a pretty good buy-low opportunity, all the way under 40 against a defense in Chicago that has literally no personnel. And you know, at least with Mike White, he's going to wing it around. <laughs> There might be a turnover in there in the mix but they'll be they'll be able to move the ball with him it's just a matter of that, will he turn the ball over in the red zone so i to me that's an overplay if you if you think that there are signs fields is giving it a go here if you can get on that thing before it climbs back up to the mid 40s that will be my angle josh
5: yeah, I think that's a really great point by you, Ben. And you mentioned the Chicago Bears, they're seven and four to the under this year. Now, the Jets have been different. They're seven. and uh, Sorry, the Bears are seven and four to the over. The Jets are seven and three to the under. So we've had right. kind of two different stylistic teams here where the Jets are playing based on their really good defense, these lower scoring games. Obviously, the Patriots game was 10 to three, which was probably setting football back 100 years based on that viewing experience. Uh, but this one, Ben, I'm kind of with you. It's kind of a buy low spot just based on the line dropping so much. You're now down to what i see 39 and a half out there mm-hmm. i mean this is a really yeah. low number across the board it's kind of giving some bettors though a little ptsd i would say from that bills game that got moved uh, because of the snowstorm ben remember that was like 48 got all the way down to 41 and a half they changed the venue it skyrocketed back up so i don't know if someone was uh pression enough to you know get uh, kind of middle this thing you get an under at the beginning you know 48 45 now you go over 39 and a half i'm with you my only thing that would trip me up a little bit from running to the the window and betting this over though ben is the weather. You know, I can tell you, I'm in New England here. It's getting colder. It's getting windier. The Meadowlands forecast for this game, it's going to be a little warm, like 50 degrees, but the wind is going to blow 15 to 20 miles per hour. So this is going to be a windy under system match. Obviously, if we're playing the under, now you're getting the worst of it. But with winds blowing 10 miles per hour or more, we have seen the under around like 70% this year. That's way better than historically. It's around 55%. And you do have John Hussey, who is a pretty good uh, home ref historically, 58%, and an under ref around 55%. So I'm with you. To me, it's a by-low overplay. My only Mm -hmm. concern here is with this wind, if you have Simeon going up against Mike White, and no one can throw the ball because it's so windy, that would worry me a little bit if you're playing this over. Yeah,
4: no, and look, as we said, it's only if if you get the inkling, and we'll get the report later on today from (laughs) Chicago, where are we on the Justin Fields side of this, as it is a firm questionable right now. Is he more likely to go? Yeah, if it's Simeon, you don't want any part of this. And, you know, Mike White, the difference, if you look at his numbers last year, I always like to look at completion percentage over expectation. Gives you a pretty good idea, Josh, from an advanced metric standpoint of what is a quarterback's completion percentage relative to the opportunities and the throws he has in front of him. Uh, Mike White was at a negative two, which was at the same level as Justin <laughs> Fields last year, as Carson Wentz. So a guy who was very much at the in the bottom stretch, he would have tied for 26 last year among qualifying quarterbacks. But let's keep in mind, Zach Wilson this year, 30th in that same mark among the 32 qualifiers, 31st in completion percentage, 30th in success rate. So that, to me, Josh, is the perfect example of why this line has not moved whatsoever. You're certainly not getting a downgrade going from Wilson to White, even though it's not that much of an upgrade. I just wonder, uh, given some of the immediate short-term boosts we've seen from other teams who've benched their struggling starters, I think of Sam Ellinger in Indianapolis and that first week boost that the Colts got after they benched Matt Ryan, could we get a, a similar thing here from the Jets' offense?
5: Yeah, I think that's a really good point too, Ben, because if you think about it, you have one guy who was drafted number two overall. You have another guy who's a journeyman and a late round pick here. So obviously based on the talent, Wilson's the better player, but – Football, it's not always about the talent. I mean, sometimes part of it is the locker room and what, what kind of you know, what kind of uh, bump you can get by switching quarterbacks here. Because everything I've been reading, and obviously this is a Patriots game, so I watched it intently as a Patriots fan, but the body language of Zach Wilson not taking accountability to me, this is kind of addition by subtraction here. If you're getting rid of Wilson, who is the more talented player, but Uh, Again, if if there's a kind of a disconnect in the locker room where you're playing great defense, I mean, if you're a Jets fan, you love how great this defense is. They're getting to the quarterback. uh, They're sacking the quarterback. They're not giving up many points per game. But you're doing your part, and yet your quarterback is hanging out to dry, making stupid throws, turning the ball over. I think White, just by not being Zach Wilson, could give them a boost. And also, again, always go to the the market. The market is kind of the great equalizer here. The fact that this line hasn't moved at all, really, still 45 Despite yeah. switching from Wilson to White, that tells me that in the eyes of the odds makers, these are pretty relative equal quarterbacks here.
4: No, no question about that. We'll see where the the next move goes. Something you're always looking to uh, to break down, Josh, as you analyze all these lines throughout the week. We're just getting started though. Wednesday edition of the Lombardi Line pre-Thanksgiving edition, and Megan Payton from Wager Talk will join us, talking all her favorite player props a little bit later this hour. We also have Harry Gagnon from the Against All Odds podcast. Our uh, every single Wednesday guest that we'll bring on. So Harry joins us in hour number two. Up next, Josh, we'll start to look at some of the divisional races, including in the AFC North, Baltimore and Cincy. Two very interesting lines this week with a lot of movement going on there. How do we handicap that race within the division? We'll discuss next here on the Lombardi Line.
2: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
7: From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life,
4: You're listening to the Lombardi Line on v With Ben Wilson and Mike Pritchard. It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app at MGM Sports. Bet MGM is all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the Bet MGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada, whatever your sport, whatever your betting style. You're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Just getting started. Josh Applebaum in for Michael Lombardi today. Ben Wilson back with you from downtown Las Vegas. Thinking of you, Josh, I know you're in Boston. We had uh, (laughs) at least somebody, Matt Santos, our producer, will confirm but we had uh, somebody bring in some Duncan this morning. So, had, uh, you know, I know that's, that's right up your alley there, Josh. So you get to, <laughs> get to experience that from time to time here in Las Vegas. But uh, with Santos, we have Andrew Ringgold, our technical director, the whole team behind the glass, uh, doing a great job day before Thanksgiving. And it's not just the Thanksgiving Day games we're talking about today, Josh. There's a couple of interesting matchups within uh, within the division. And then you have divisional races, like in the AFC North, where you know, the odds indicate this should be a, a pretty easy cakewalk for Baltimore. When you look at the schedule, it is a, a relatively straightforward path. At seven and three, uh, now five dollar favorites to win the division, while Cincinnati's at six and four, and sitting at four to one. Probably the the big mark, though, and, and the litmus test for Cincy will come this week, and it, it will kind of lead into how do we view the Cincinnati team going forward. Because from the modeling and the numbers-based communities, Josh, Cincinnati should be a pretty healthy favorite over Tennessee, a team that has been bereft of personnel most of the year. But betting market certainly doesn't quite agree with how. Uh, well coached Tennessee has been getting the most out of of the lack of personnel and coming off of extra rest as well playing Thursday night so it's Cincinnati minus one or one and a half as you take a look at all the updated win total numbers division conference Super Bowl odds there within the AFC North what do you make of the the line this week with the Bengals and Titans two teams that are pretty polarizing in the betting community here to say the least Jack (laughs)
5: So I'm a little torn on this one, Ben. And by the way, if you're getting dunks, make sure you get the rewards. And also, when you're cold in New England like me, get the Dunkachino. Pro tip, just uh, Bro, from a New Englander here, go. Ben. Pro but tip. Uh, nice. and again, you're in Vegas; it's a million degrees, so yeah, probably not it. probably not the drink of choice there. But <laughs> this one's uh, tough for me, Ben, and I'm a little compromised too because I have the win total over for both of these teams, both the Ravens oh. and the Bengals, over nine and a half here. So feeling pretty good about the uh, the Ravens at this point. You look at their schedule, and it's it, as you mentioned, it's kind of a cupcake moving forward. Jaguars. Uh, Broncos, Steelers, Browns uh, feeling like pretty good about that one, but at minus 500, I even looked at one book. It's minus 600 for the Ravens win that division. So not a lot of value there at that point. The Bengals have a really tough schedule, so if you look at the next four weeks, you mentioned it, Titans, Chiefs, uh, Browns, and Bucks. but if you look a little bit further down the road, they are going to have to play the Patriots and the Bills as well, and that Patriots game is in New England, so kind of a tough schedule here for Cincinnati. In terms of this game, Ben, I'm kind of with you. It looks a little fishy, like just the fact that Cincinnati is only laying, you know, one and a half or two in this spot. Uh, To me, based on the number, it's not really a contrarian play because using our VEASAN.com bet splits, Public is right down the middle, 50-50. They really love this high-flying offense here of the Cincinnati Bengals. They've been playing much better here in the second half of the season. But also, you kind of got to respect Tennessee here, Ben. I mean, Mm -hmm. uh, one angle is Mike Vrabel as a dog. Mike Vrabel as a dog with Tennessee, 22-12 against the spread, 65%. This year as a dog, he's 4-1 ATS. So that would match here with uh, Tennessee. I think you're totally right. You know, uh, a lot of the analytics say that uh, the Bengals are the better team. Tennessee's been banged up. But we've seen this movie before where Tennessee has a bunch of guys out. No one gives them much of a shot. And they shock a lot of teams and play really well. Yeah. So that's a credit to Vrabel and obviously that extra rest here. My angle here, Ben, would be teasing up uh, Tennessee. I think maybe that the Cincinnati Bengals squeak out a win here. But with the extra rest with Vrabel as a dog, if you're sitting at a one and a half and you can take uh, Tennessee Titans up to plus seven and a half, to me, that's a really good teaser opportunity where you're just giving yourself a little more padding here on a good coach who's really good as a dog. No question.
4: And that's where probably the hardest thing, at least to me, Josh, when it comes to NFL handicapping, how much do you bake in coaching on a week-to-week basis? I sit here as a, a big fan of Cincinnati. I, I rate them in my top three within the AFC, yet I, I watch Zach Taylor each week, and as a game planner <laughs> coach, it's either like the game plan works or it doesn't. You don't see many in-game adjustments from Zach Taylor and you consider what happened in this matchup last year in the postseason when Cincinnati went into Tennessee. It was what nine sacks on Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> so there's certainly going to be somewhat, somewhat of that uh, that mental angle going forward for the Tennessee Titans. But uh, you know, I usually base numbers on the you know the yards per play, on offensive line advance numbers, pass and rush defense specifically, as well as uh, you know the quarterback, the turnover numbers. And then the the average yards per drive. And when I spit all those numbers together, I mean, it, to me, it's Cincinnati by like four and a half. Yet there's not an, it, there's no part of me that wants to lay a, a number with Zach Taylor on the road here, Josh, considering uh, what we know about t- Tennessee and 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 uh, how they've out, outperformed expectations all year, plus that coaching angle. It's, I don't know how you usually evaluate that. But for me, that's been the hardest thing to, to try to factor in week in, week out.
5: No, I'm I'm right there with you, Ben. I think you hit on nail, the nail on the head with another kind of way to approach betting is, you know, if you're like yourself, Ben, a wise guy, you're setting your own numbers, then, Hey, you pretty much have to be true to your numbers. And, you know, I know uh, doing a lot of shows, with Michael Lombardi, he would have a tough time here where his numbers would say, Hey, you know, this team is minus one. I have a minus four. I have to bet them. But then the eye test and other angles make you kind of question your bet and look toward the other way. So I think if you're a pro, Uh, And again, I'm not a pro. I think that's a distinction here. You know, I don't set my own numbers. I approach betting from a different angle. I look at the market. And if I'm not going to be a wise guy who's a professional better, then I want to be at least with the sharps and try to get the numbers that they get. So it's a different way to approach it. So yeah. from your angle, Ben, if your numbers say uh, that this matchup should be Cincy minus four, then I think you got to play Cincy here. And, you know, uh, again, you do what you want to do, Mr. Wise guy, but I would just say I... that's an angle that I would want to get down on. But again, this is why sports betting is so difficult because, you know, yeah. if this turns into and what I was looking toward is, you know, is there an opportunity to go contrarian with Tennessee with Rabel as a dog? You don't really have that right now. It's 50-50 down the Middle, but this to me is a great teaser opportunity where you know, even if you have a minus four, you know, in the in maybe even a money line, too, like money line on this spot, it's not that bad, it's like minus 120 here with Cincinnati. I'd also look toward maybe Ben the under here. This is another windy under. Yeah. This is gonna be a theme, I think, this weekend. There's a lot of games matching this windy under system down in Tennessee. It's gonna be 50 degrees. That's the ironic thing, these games are a little bit warmer, but you still have the wind about 10 to 15 miles per hour. This total did fall a little bit, is around 43 down to 42 and a half, maybe a tease up Tennessee to seven and a half. Maybe you take that total, give yourself more wiggle room, get it up to around 48 and a half. That will be my angle here, but I think there's the, my whole point being there's different ways to approach betting. If you're a Sharp, you're playing your projections based on the market. If you're a right. data-driven better like me, you're looking at what the market is telling you and trying to apply your system matches to make the smartest bet that you
4: can. It's a great distinction. I'm no wise guy, Josh. I'm just a layman over here. Oh, just yeah, trying. you are. Uh, you're uh, just but humble, bet. The <laughs> point is, I mean, I've been higher on Cincinnati from a numbers perspective than the market most of the year. It's just a starting point, but like last week, Sharps were all over Pittsburgh. And I just didn't get. And I just didn't get it. And I, Bengals were one of my favorite plays of the week. It happened to work out. I, I knew that I was going against all the very respected syndicate type <laughs> groups. Was aware of that going in. Sometimes you have to. I, I believe Josh is a better. You still have to have that conviction. Even if you can identify what the sharp side is on, if you disagree, the sharps aren't always right, you should still have the conviction to go go the opposite way. Hey, it worked out for me on that one. It did not work for me on the Eagles. I love the Eagles in the bounce-back spot last <laughs> week. Uh, we're, ne- we're never even close to covering the numbers, so it works both ways, in the sharps around the Colts last week. The one of the game, too, speaking of this division, Josh, we're comparing Baltimore and Cincinnati right now. I haven't seen much of a move off the four in Jacksonville this week. We saw how uh, less than impressive Baltimore looked in a 13-3 win over Carolina coming out of the bye Jacksonville off of a bye week as well has been an underperformer all season at three and seven. Uh, What's the market uh, telling you so far here, Josh, with a line of Ravens by four? So I
5: think you said the keywords here. The line hasn't moved. If you look at our VEASAN.com bet splits, 80% of bets are going Ravens. And I mean, how can you not? They're playing great this year. You have Lamar Jackson laying a really short number, but actually Lamar Jackson in his career is a favorite laying three points or more. He's actually only covering uh, at like a 40% clip here. So this is one of those like sharps seem to be on Jacksonville. The fact that you're getting heavy betting here on Baltimore, yet they open minus four have stayed minus four. This would be what I would qualify as a line freeze. Like if you're getting 80% of bets, you open minus four, You would think there'd be up to minus 4.5, minus 5, minus 6. You'd think the books would adjust this number further toward Baltimore just because they have so much liability, but this looks to me like a, a game where sharps or basically the, the uh, odds makers have taken a position here on Jacksonville. The fact that they do not want to give this uh, the hookout, they don't want to go to four and a half. They don't want to give that extra half point here to the Jaguars. That tells me there's some liability on the Jags at home. You mentioned it, Ben, the Jags are coming off a of buy. So you're rested here. But if you look at a lot of these betting systems off a of buy, like Tampa Bay, maybe we can get to that game later, later in the show, but that's a favorite off a of buy favorites off a of buy cover at a pretty good rate like 57%, especially on the road. Dogs are a little more like 50-50 here. So uh, I would look toward Jacksonville. Again, this is me as a stubborn... Data-driven yeah. better saying, hey, we have heavy betting Baltimore, yet the line won't move. Tells me Jags are the play here. Uh, Out, So my angle would be, hey, it looks like it's a Jacksonville line freeze. Let's see leading up to Sunday. Do we ever get to four and a half? Do you start to see the juice on the Jags plus four, minus 115, like it's getting down to three and a half? This would be a hold-your-nose hazmat play for me on Jacksonville. And, Ben, one quick note just on Sharps. To me, and I've been workshopping this take recently. Yeah. Sharps are kind of like weathermen. You know, they're going to get it wrong sometimes and look like complete idiots. Like, you know, they're going to tell you it's going to rain and it's going to be a completely sunny day, or, you know, they're going to tell you it's going to be a huge snowstorm and you get just like an inch of snow. So they're going to get it wrong sometimes and look dumb, but they're going to get it right a majority of the time. So if the weatherman tells you, you know, bring your raincoat, it's going to rain today, I would still bring my raincoat, even though maybe (laughs) last time they told you it's going to rain, it didn't rain. So again, you're really playing that. Fifty-five to sixty percent clip, knowing that yes, they will lose forty to
4: forty-five percent of the time. Interesting. I like your workshop. It's a work in progress, there. Uh, the workshop <laughs> from Josh Applebaum. I'll be curious it. to see. I mean, we saw. Look, San Francisco and Baltimore had each come off their buys. Those were a couple teams in really good form. Uh, looked very rusty early on. Won games but didn't cover. And then we saw how good San Francisco looked last week, having now a week back in the normal flow. You know how much of that was playing Arizona on a neutral hard to say. I wonder if, if this is the week, though, that Baltimore gets it more back into full gear after how rusty they did look for basically 50 minutes of the 60 against Carolina. See where that line move goes next right now. Ravens minus four. Well, Mike White uh, starting over Zach Wilson. That's not the only quarterback switch up in the NFL this week. There's one other one we'll discuss in Carolina when we come back. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on v With Ben Wilson and Mike Pritchard. You don't have to wait until after Turkey Day to score a Black Friday deal with VEASAN. New VEASAN Pro annual subscribers get a $30 credit to the VEASAN Store. With VEASAN Pro access, you get a daily recap of the top plays made by VEASAN show hosts and guests. Tools like our betting splits let you see where the money and bets are moving every game. Deep dive daily betting reports, plus our upcoming College Bowl and Super Bowl betting guides. The VEASAN Store is a great place to shop for VEASAN sports betting hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear. Hurry, this is a limited time Black Friday offer, so sign up now for the perfect sports betting holiday gift. At beason. slash subscribe, Josh Applebaum, a big part of that as well. I always look forward to Josh. You got the uh, the sharp <laughs> reports on the NFL and college football. I know you're uh, you're even interpreting the betting splits for uh, for World Cup data and all that. We're watching Spain uh, <laughs> and and uh, Costa Rica right now. Four nil to the Spaniards. Ferran Torres with two goals. I know Matt Santos has a long shot flyer on a little, little future there for Ferran Torres. So a nice start there. Uh... For Santos, but uh, that's that's what part of the Black Friday deal. We get a lot of lot of a lot of Josh Applebaum from our pro, <laughs> pro subscribers, which is always good. And
5: I've heard a great rumor here that Matt Santos, one of the best producers at Vison, is killing his picks here for World Cup. He's so, doing well. uh, Ben, I, I wanted you to throw this at you real quick. I know we got to talk NFL. But hit the audience with that kind of that system you were just telling me during the break. When you can high watermark a total, you get an early goal, and then you can get a live line at a much better total here. Because uh, to me, soccer, it's difficult. One thing that trips a lot of betters up is the three-way money line, adding in the yeah. draw versus just team A and team B. But I heard a rumor that uh, Santos and yourself are doing very well with these live lines.
4: That's live betting soccer. That's to me a really good way to go, especially assuming you're watching. You want to watch, see how it starts. But if it's obvious and given the context, right, of t- where teams are at in the group stage. If it's going to be more of a cagey, tight-knit affair, and you see an early goal like, say, USA-Wales, that was those two teams, you had Wales, first World Cup since 1958, USA off an eight-year absence, both were just wanting to, you could tell, you knew they wanted to at least get a point and were playing very cautiously as a result. So with the U.S. scoring in the first half, got a nice uh, inflated in-game total there, could take that under. And conversely, if you've got teams who are needing to make up ground in the group stage as we start to get toward the second and third match days, and you know that goals are, are going to be an emphasis, and it'll be a more an open type flow of a game. If you get a slow start, you can look for overs as well. So that's how I usually uh, target it there, the in, uh, the in-game overs. Now, I am part of the uh, live bet Saturday team, Josh, for our bets giving, and and Matt Santos is our producer for that. So he is kind of in charge <laughs> of our Friday pick, because that is one of the requirements, England and USA Friday. So uh, we have Santos on our side, uh, Josh. I, I don't know, what, I don't know what you're doing, but you you got to find a pick somehow there.
5: Yeah, so I'm solo here, Ben. I'm just riding solo. solo. I just got to gotta lean on myself and me, myself, and Irene over here. But uh, I would say a couple things real quick. Just live betting in general. You know, it feels like if you're a new better, uh, you know, with all these new, new states legalizing. And by the way, congrats to Maryland, crab cakes and football, are now legalized betting. Maryland today, is now right? legal. But yeah, today there was a soft opening, Ben, I think the other day where they had it from like 2 to 10 p.m. But. Uh, really riding high and ready to go fully launching today. So it's always uh, great to celebrate a new state to legalize betting. But I think as if you're a new better, you feel like, Oh, live lines, they've been around forever. Uh, You know, it's obviously, you know, this uh, opportunity to get in whenever you want, but no, they're actually relatively new to North American betting. And to your point, Ben, live lining or in-game wagering whatever you want to call it really came over from england and from overseas where the punters or the bettors uh, who are in europe i researched this for my book the everything guide to sports betting they offered live lines and that really transitioned over to america i would say over the last you know know, five to ten years but recently it's gotten big the last few years so i'm right there with you you know if you apply that theory to betting the nfl like for example i bet i'm betting a lot of dogs and unders just naturally in the nfl because it's a, a good contrarian sport where the public loves favorites and overs. But like, let's say I have an under, I don't know, 45 in a, in a, a primetime game, Ben first uh, drive down the, the game. They score a touchdown. It's seven, nothing, you know, like two minutes in the game. Boom, that 45 is now maybe 50, 51, 52. So same thought process here. Obviously, a lot of data I look at is you know pre-flop before the game starts because that's where you're getting pooling the most amount of data. But these opportunities where you have either a lot of scoring early or no scoring early, that in-game uh, number is going to change quite a bit. And if you see value, it could be great opportunity regardless of the sport.
4: And it, it, like, there's so many spots in the NFL. I look at uh, Chicago-Atlanta last week. You could have had either team at 4.5 getting plus <laughs> – The money, plus four and a half there, and that game ends up being decided by a field goal. So there's always ebbs and flows. Uh, I don't know where you stand on Denver, Carolina, because that's the other game involving a quarterback change this week. Baker Mayfield out. Sam Darnold is going to be in, making his season debut, was injured at the start of the year. Darnold now off-fire, and he's ready to go, hosting a Denver team where, had the Broncos just scored 18 or more points in in regulation in every single game this year, (laughs) they would be nine and one think about that for a second. 18 points, which only would rank 28th in the NFL on a points-per-game basis. That's how anemic this Denver offense has been, but how good the defense has been on the other side. And we have our lowest total of the year here, Josh. 36 with Denver laying two and a half on the road. What do you make of the spot now with Darnold set to make his season debut?
5: Yeah. So a couple angles for me, Ben, right off the bat, it seems like this line's a little bit low. Like Denver's only laying two, two and a half right off the bat. seems like an obvious win. I think a lot of, you know, recreational betters will look at the board and say, Hey, what's the one that jumps out to me most? What's the easiest game? Uh, newsflash, sports betting isn't easy. It's really difficult here, so I would be a little careful. You know, uh, My eye test tells me, hey, bang Denver here. They're minus 130 on the money line. It's not a bad price. Wilson versus Darnold. That seems like an obvious bet to take Wilson. Uh, Darnold, obviously, I remember him from the the, the Patriots and obviously uh, the AFC East where Darnold used to see ghosts and the Patriots would always make him look bad. Now we're going up against a really good Denver defense. To me, this looks like a play here to back Denver, but now I'm worried because Denver's getting majority of bets, and yet this line really hasn't moved off two and a half. Uh, really, the Books, don't even want to go to three, despite the heavy betting on Denver. Here's some numbers, though, if, if you're know, kind of uh, putting aside maybe this kind of worrisome, fishy line is too low, seems too good to be true kind of thing, which if it seems too good to be true, typically it is. This is what you're banking on, though, I think, if you're betting Denver here, Ben. Sam Darnold in his career, 18 and 30 against the spread in the NFL as a starting quarterback, 38% cover rate with the jets. He was 14 and 23 ATS with Caroline, he's four and seven ATS. This is a quarterback who, yes, he's rested, hasn't played in forever. So health isn't an issue, but I, I'm based on, you know, being traded away and not really playing and losing quarterback battles to PJ Walker and Baker Mayfield. I don't know what we're going to get out of Darnold, but based on the data and his recent, and his performance in his career, I'm not really expecting too much in this one. And also Ben, I'd look toward, you know, I know this is, we're talking NFL, but college football and looking at the NFL draft, it's not that far away. And you do have Carolina right now. They have the third worst record in the league or uh, this tied for the second worst record with the Chicago bears. You have the Texans number one pick as of right now, but right now, if you're looking to, you know, quote unquote lose games, but not tank like uh, you look at Adam silver. He would find you if you were trying to like inadvertently do it or do it too. obviously, But I think it's to the credit of uh, Carolina to keep losing games. So right now, C.J. Stroud is your favorite to be the number one pick, Mm -hmm. plus 185. Bryce Young's plus 250. Will Anderson, the good defensive players, plus 300. But this is a team that I think they kind of want to lose and get a really good star quarterback here. Uh, I would go Denver, but, again, this line gives me a lot of worry because it seems too good to be true. But, again, the silver lining would be, would be betting against Darnold. Betting, betting against
4: Darnold in his career has made a lot of money for a lot of betters. certainly has, when you, you lay it out like that. The latest percentage is Houston about a 71% chance to get the number one pick right now at 1-8-1. Uh, <laughs> Carolina would have the number two overall pick if the season ended today, both Carolina and Chicago, at 3-8. My strategy, Josh, has been very simple, especially over the past five weeks. And I've looked on the teaser front. I've looked to tease short underdogs up against bad offenses who I do not believe can win by margin. And you're basically asking a simple question. Can a team, say like Denver, beat me by two scores? And most of the time, the answer is no. I don't think they can. So <laughs> looking at how I've attacked this, like I teased Las Vegas up last week. It was in a very similar spot. have teased up teams, you know, even ugly teams like Indianapolis up as short dogs against opposing teams who couldn't really move the ball much offensively that's this is the game that completely fits the bill this week for a Carolina defense that has still been very solid ninth against the run 13th against the pass on the EPA per play allowed basis only gave up 13 points to Baltimore last week and were able to cover that big bloated number which was nice for those of us who uh, kind of held our nose <laughs> and took a giant dog with Carolina last week but how is Denver winning this game by margin Josh that's the question here it uh, it, it this is the this is the teaser leg it just comes down to, do I have the I have this intestinal fortitude to back Sam Darnold <laughs> here from start to finish?
5: Yeah. And I think if you're looking for a dance partner, we talked about the Titans obviously taking them up to around seven and a half would make sense. Pairing it with Carolina. I think you're right here, Ben Two taking them up to eight. The Wong teaser, you go through three, go through seven, makes a ton of sense here. My only concern, and you mentioned it, you know, will Russell Wilson put up enough points, double digit scores to kind of kill your teaser here. Unlikely, but my one concern would be Darnold turning the ball over a pick six, a fumble, something like that. That would be my only concern here about, you know, not covering that number. I'd also say real quick, Ben, 36 and a half. You mentioned it. You know, that's the lowest total we've seen in the NFL this year. It reminds me kind of like when there's a baseball total of six and a half. And it's like, oh, take the over. It's got to go over. It's so low. The public is saying same thing. It's so low. It's got to go over. But it actually did fall at some shops. Thirty-seven. Down to 36 and a half. I see some 36s out there. And by the way, Denver is your number one uh, under team this year. They're nine and one to the under. So uh, maybe if you're not gonna, you know, add in the Titans as a teaser leg, you stick to a teaser in this game. Take up Carolina. Maybe you tease that total up a little bit. Give you a little bit, a uh, little bit more wiggle room here. But this seems to me like a game that's, you know, a disgusting 17 to six type game, something like yeah. that, Ben.
4: It is funny how we laid out the stat. If it was just 18 plus points scored every game, Denver would have the number one <laughs> seed in the AFC. Team totals 18 and a half, so the odds makers certainly adjusting that. Even in a spot where Denver is a road favorite on an early kickoff on the East Coast, make that team total 18 and a half. Carolina uh, at 16 and a half right now. When we come back, it's time to dive into some player props because Megan Peyton from Wager Talk is an outstanding analyst. She's she's been on the show before. Josh always gives us some great uh, content. Megan will stop by. Uh, right after this. And then Harry Gagdon from the Against the Odds podcast uh, going to stop by. I will also try to figure out from you, Josh, of the because I mentioned Carolina last week was that ginormous dog that got there. <laughs> There's a couple options this week. I don't know if you want to jump I got in front one of any you. of the huge ones. I knew you would. <laughs> I mean, Rams is sitting there as your biggest one right now. That's up to 14 and a half today, Josh, from 14 to 14 and a half. So we'll see if that's the direction Josh elects to go. Uh, when we come back, though, it's time for some player props with Megan as she stops by here on the Lombardi line. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on v With Ben Wilson and Mike Pritchard. Make some midweek magic with Light the Lamp Wednesdays at BetMGM, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Place a $25 wager on any NHL player to score a goal on Wednesdays, and you'll automatically receive $2 in free bets for every goal scored in the game, up to $16. Just log into your account or download the app and sign up at BetMGM to get started, then opt in to the Light the Lamp Wednesdays promotion to receive a $2 free bet for every goal scored in the game, regardless of your prop bet's outcome. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued is not withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. Josh, I totally forgot. It was Light the Lamp Wednesday. Uh, you got any NHL uh, action there tonight?
5: I do have some NHL uh, action here, Ben. Release the Kraken. Give me the Kraken oh, here boy. tonight. I've seen a line move in their favor. One good system in the <laughs> NHL, a home fade with a line move in their favor. It's about 69% this year. So I'm open the Kraken. Uh, give me a win here tonight. The
4: Kraken. Nice. Your, uh, your team, Josh, the Bruins have been absolutely red hot. Well, they and the Devils. They do not so they, lose, they, they, Ben. Neither, they do not lose. Neither of those teams seems like they want to, <laughs> want to lose whatsoever. Uh, we'll get some more Josh's plays a little bit later. Right now, though, time to talk some props as we get ready for Turkey Day in the NFL. Megan Payton, so kind to give us some time. Outstanding analyst at Wager Talk. Give her a follow at Megan MeganPayton7. Great to see you again, uh, Megan. I know we're ready to go here. It's a second straight week for Buffalo in Detroit. It's a very weird scheduling quirk there for the Bills, but uh, let's <laughs> let's just start uh, here with the morning game and work our way up. What do you like on Thursday with uh, the Bills Lions here kicking us off?
6: Well, first of all, thank you, Ben and Josh, for having me come on. Happy Thanksgiving. We've got a fun slate of games uh, this coming week, and I am looking at Bills to be one of our higher scoring game, Bills-Lions. It's going to be a fun one. I'm starting with some anytime touchdown props. This has been one of my favorite uh, bets to kind of lean on, and I think when you're looking at games with such a high total, we're seeing a 54 and a half total for Bills-Lions. I'm going to find a way to get some anytime touchdowns in there. My first one's going to be anytime touchdown for running back Jamal Williams. There's no surprise here that this is listed at minus 120. Williams had three rushing touchdowns last week in their big win against the Giants. And Jamal Williams is just a fun player to watch. If the Lions wanna stay in it at all going up against a strong Buffalo team, they're gonna rely on what worked last week, and that was running back Jamal Williams. I'm also gonna go with a little bit of a riskier anytime touchdown prop here. It's gonna be running back Devin Singletary, plus 125. He's starting to get a bit of a rhythm. The Bills are having to rely a bit more on him. We talked about Buffalo not being this you know, kind of two-dimensional offense. They've relied on Josh Allen a bit too much. You could say Allen's been kind of going down a little, I still think he's Josh Allen. But in the meantime, Devin Singletary is gonna get more involved. I'm finding his anytime touchdown at plus 125. He had two touchdowns last week. This one is kind of a gimme. I like I like the line here. And then as far as just receiving rushing yards, anything else I'm looking at for player props for Bills. I'm looking at wide receiver Gabe Davis over 54 and a half receiving yards. Now Gabe Davis has been a hard player to bet on just given the fact that he's been so back and forth. but Gabe Gabe. Gabe Davis is the definition of a big play threat. He's averaging just under 23 yards per reception. He's hit the over the last two games. I expect Davis to have a big game, especially with the total at 54 and a half. I'm looking at all overs for Lions versus Bills.
5: Well, Megan, thanks so much for joining us today. And I want to go to the second game, this Giants Cowboys game. And we'll have a full breakdown on the show. I think, obviously, this is a line that jumps out to you being so high. How are the Cowboys nine and a half point favorites? I actually kind of like laying the points with the Cowboys. Publix on the Giants, yet the line is going to the Cowboys. You have a lot of injuries here. But, Megan, I want to ask you if you're targeting anyone on the Cowboys here for some player props. Like right now, Dak Prescott, he's around 246 and a half passing yards. Pollard is a guy who really popped last week, and you know Jerry Jones has been high on him for a really long time here. I, I think Pollard as a running back, you think rushing, but maybe receiving. This a guy that put up a ton of numbers against the Vikings. Also, C.D. Lamb, 69 and a half. But also, Megan, are you worried that maybe because of this big spread, Cowboys get up big, take their foot off the gas, maybe don't continue to score here? How are you capping this Giants-Cowboys game? Any player props jumping out to you?
6: Yeah, I've got a couple of player props that I'm looking at. It's hard when you're looking at sides, especially coming off of such a huge win against the Vikings, You know how you're gonna respond to that is up for grabs. So I'm gonna shy away from betting on the Cowboys spread or anything. I'm gonna focus more on player props. First one's gonna be anytime touchdown for running back Ezekiel Elliott. Look, the Cowboys are finding a perfect balance. It's a one-two punch with Zeke and Tony Pollard. And look, I actually don't think Ezekiel Elliott's too upset about his role maybe not being as much as it was in past years. But Ezekiel Elliott's a key part to this Dallas offense. Don't let anyone tell you different, and he's going to be a goal line player that they're going to use. He had two rushing touchdowns last week. He's going to get one again today against the Giants. He's done really well against New York in past games. I'm going to look at him anytime touchdown. And one of my favorite prop bets uh, for Cowboys Giants is tight end Dalton Schultz, over 37 and a half receiving yards. Schultz is looking like that tight end that we saw last season who broke every one of his career high stats. And I like Schultz to continue becoming more more involved in this in this Dallas offense. Now we saw a little bit of a slump from him last week but that was partly and due to the fact that the game was over so quick between the Vikings but other than that game last week he's hit the over in 3 of 4 weeks. I like Schultz here and he's been this lean physical player who's a reliable target. Look at 37 and a half over for tight end Dalton a, Schultz. Yeah,
4: that's a nice that's a nice number as well and uh, you right? compare to I know really 37 and a half that looks pretty good against the banged <laughs> up uh, Giants pass defense. We know Dory Jackson now the latest to uh, to hit the IR there for Big Blue. I was just comparing as well. Pollard 60 seven and a half Elliott, 45 and a half just interesting to see how the books have uh, differentiated those two in the player prop rushing market uh, megan i wonder how as we've gone into the season now more players are more banged up as we've gotten into this back half of the year how that has impacted your just general philosophy as you've looked at the player props. The big one that comes to mind for this week will be Justin Fields. Very much questionable right now with the shoulder injury dislocated in his non-throwing shoulder. But a guy who's been a, a boon for the prop bettors on the rushing yards overs. Uh, how, what's your general strategy for especially a week like this that's so truncated and you're dealing with a whole lot of injury news uh, that is obviously going to have an impact on the prop market?
6: Yeah, Ben, I think it depends on the game and the player that's hurt. Honestly, if you're talking about the Bears and Justin Fields, I'm probably gonna shy away a little bit until we get more injury news. Now, Makes if it's sense. a player that you think, all right, like, I like, for example, I'm taking Ezekiel Elliott anytime touchdown. He's dealing with a little bit of a knee injury right now. He was limited in practice, yet I expect him to be Good enough to go for Thursday's game. Yet, whenever you know, even what was it a couple of weeks ago with Josh Allen, we didn't know if he was going to play. I just shied away completely from those games. There's enough. Uh, there's enough player props around the league. If there's a major injury like Justin Fields, where you really don't know, my votes just stay away.
5: Well, Megan, I want to ask you just in terms of philosophically when you're looking at player props, and you do such a great job, and I think just, you know, in general, the betting public always looks toward offensive player props, like it's just fun to root for, and over-receiving, or over-passing, or over-rushing, but there are props available for defensive players, so... Question one would be Do you ever look at defensive player props? And then uh, I'd be looking toward maybe the Patriots game. Like Matthew Judon has been fantastic for the Pats. He's leading the league in sacks. Do you ever look at, you know, maybe a banged up offensive line? Micah Parsons came to mind too. He's over a, a quarter of a sack. He just needs a half sack at like minus 150. Do you ever find these opportunities with defensive players maybe going over? Like T.J. Watt is one I played last week where he only needed over a quarter of a sack. It was kind of high. It was minus 190. But just your take overall on offensive versus defensive props. And if you ever find opportunities to maybe bet some defensive players.
6: I really do like betting defensive props. I'll say it though; I'm guilty. I probably lean more towards the offensive props. I do think sacks are one though that I uh, that stands out to me. You just mentioned T.J. Watt. That's a player that I've been eyeing, especially with you know seeing where they have that line out. The Patriots, though, when we're talking, you know, this game to me is interesting: Patriots versus Vikings. Vikings coming off a humiliating loss, and the Patriots just sliding by with a huge win against the Jets last week. I'm shying away from Vikings, and I'm going to look at Patriots. It's one player that I've loved to watch and we've talked about it here on the show before is uh, Ramondre Stevenson. I'm gonna have over three and a half receptions for him. He's hit the over four or five games. And look, he's a running back, but he has the second most receptions on this Patriots offense. That's not saying much for a Patriots offense that put (laughs) up three points up until the fourth quarter and then their special teams had to go and get them the touchdown. But uh, Stevenson's receiving production has increased this year. He's he's definitely a player that I look at as Mac Jones kind of key target. So when you're looking at teams that are more defensive oriented as you mentioned, are you going to look at the defensive props or are you going to look at just another angle? So sometimes I'm looking at defensive props and sacks, but a lot of times I just find a way to look at their style of play and get a, get a fun little prop in there. And that's where the Ramondre Stevenson over three and a half receptions comes in. That's a
4: solid one for that's the night game for Thursday night. It's like, it's like you've spent time around NFL locker rooms your entire life. uh, Megan with, with you you talk about, I mean, teams like what comes up must go down and a team like Dallas and, uh, who looked so good last week. Better sometimes, what do we always remember? It's what we just saw last. And so Dallas is on one end of the spectrum, Vikings on the other end this week after, after the brutal loss they suffered at the hands of the Cowboys. Uh, great to see you as always, Megan. I like the new setup too, uh, which you got the old the Saints, uh, all the, the players <laughs> autographing the ball behind you there. It'll be, uh, it'll be great to have you on again soon. Enjoy time with the fam here uh, in, in the LA area. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. Thanks so much for stopping by, giving us a few minutes.
6: Thank you Ben, thank you Josh. Always love coming on. Have a great Thanksgiving. We've got a fun slate of football. I appreciate you guys letting me join today.
4: Absolutely. We will do it again uh, very very soon. And uh, that wraps up our first hour of the show here on the Lombardi Line. Josh, you got a bunch of plays still to go. So cra- I'm looking oh, at yeah. the crack. Wow, cracking. Against the uh, the struggling San Jose Sharks tonight, cracking up to minus one seventy at a couple of books. That is Josh's NHL play. We're steaming, Looking at some (laughs) NHLs. I know Josh loves himself some steam in the NHL. That's his NHL play. We'll talk about our thoughts on sides and totals for the Thanksgiving Day games when hour number two kicks off.
0: MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season, and so are we. I'm Tori Deal, and I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All stars for is